In a world full of movie podcasts, here is one more. Welcome to Defend Your Movie with Sean Donnelly and Andrew Fiore. The time has come again. The champion must Everybody and welcome to another grand, uh, fantastical episode of your favorite podcast. This is the DYM <laughs> podcast. I am one of your hosts, uh, Sean Donnelly, and I'm joined here by my very, very amazing co-host Andy Fiore, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wow. Some, sometimes Andrew, sometimes Andrew, sometimes Andy. I think if you had your way, it would be Andrew all the time at this point. I don't know about all the time. First of all, thank you very much for that lovely introduction. You're a very sweet boy um, for saying those things. But here's what happened. Somewhere about two or three years ago, Andy just started to feel a little juvenile to me. I don't know if it was my approaching 40th birthday, but I was standing somewhere waiting to go up, and the host just went, Andy Fiore, and I went, that sounds like I'm four. (laughs) uh, It it has a little bit of a rhyme, like a little alliteration to, like Andy Fiore, and I I think that might make it sound younger. So I just think for uh, professionally, Andrew sounds a little nicer. But of course, all my in my friend circles and all that, I still go by Andy. Or even as far Fiore. as as far as stage, like it's not your stage name; it's your real name. But as far as like bringing bringing somebody up on a show or or alliteration, not alliteration, but like ease of of getting it out, like Andy Fiore to me is way more fun than like less clunky than Andrew Fiore. Yeah, that's like, true. Like I, I think guess. if you were in the corporate world, yeah, it'd be Andrew Fiore. But right, right. Andy Fiore, like yeah, comedian Andy Fiore. Like that's that sounds more natural to me than Andrew Fiore, comedian Andrew <laughs> Fiore. This was my big midlife crisis. <laughs> that's it. That's all you have to do. Yeah, and I also bought a motorcycle. <laughs> I have an earring and a motorcycle. <laughs> I got myself jean jacket and earring a motorcycle. And call call me Andrew. Yeah. Call me Cool Breeze Andrew. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, I was, I was actually curious about that because I know that's why you do, but I'm also like, yeah, but it works really well, but I don't have a name. My name is always just my name, but people add, you got a, yeah, you got a good, good solid name. People add a a Y to Sean though. They go Shawnee all the time. time. Yeah, you do all the time. So, so that does happen. But as far as the name goes, the, 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 the natural nickname, it works. It works for comedy. Andy Fiore. It's like this. Like all right. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. I, I don't care. People go. Which one do you want? I go. That whatever. You, I don't care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I have a mic. And all my socials and everything is already in andyfiore.com. All the yeah. socials are Andy Fiore. So it's like whatever. I'm not going to change it now. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because you actually have just Andy Fiore as the name. There's no numbers or anything after it or anything. Yeah, I've got it all clean. So that's so hard to get. It's like it's worth it just to have an Andy Fiore. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I never got it on that my cousin beat me to was my email address. Oh, uh, for Gmail. He had Andy Fiore. I'm not going to give it away, but he had Andy Fiore 
And yeah, everybody, uh, everybody, sort of, everybody, email Andy's cousin. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we can bleep that if you want. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I uh, I just been. It's like I think there, it's getting to the point now with quarantine where there's like days that I feel it, where it's like, oh yeah, I'm not. I think it's, it, now it's built in us enough where I'm not actively doing stuff. Like I want to do stuff, but like I am doing stuff. But like there was a couple sure. days this week I had like barely anything to do. Like I did like nothing. Yeah, oppositely, uh, had a fun weekend last weekend in Connecticut. Oh, that was work, uh, though. That's comedy. That's comedy. That's, I, that's the complete opposite of what you're doing. Like, I, you're in a casino, you know, in a club, and uh, opening for Tom Poppett felt great. All the shows were super fun. And uh, How many people per show? Well, it's at 50% capacity, so there was – we did four shows. I believe three of them were sold out at that capacity. So in that room, it's a holds 300. So you had about 150 people That's in there. That's good, though. That's good. And here's the thing, Shawnee. With the socially distanced, it looks full. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it sounds fine. So I think I'm happy with this moving forward. I mean, <laughs> obviously, you know, financially, it's better to have as many people as you can in a club or whatever. But just aesthetically and for the comedians, if you can pack 50% in – it feels real and it feels normal. Well, on those size clubs, that's when it works out. And then you have, right. and we should mention, uh, friends of ours that run a couple of comedy clubs in the city, Rebecca Trent, yes, uh, Christian Finnegan, sure. who uh, him and his wife own QED, which is in my new home of Astoria. And, yeah, um, and then also the New York Comedy Club was involved in a, pre- like a press conference type rally thing where they were like, Imploring, yeah. imploring the city, like, hey, you gotta. There might even be a lawsuit out there as far as like suing Cuomo for this reason. But they're like, hey, if, if these restaurants are opening up for twenty five percent, what is the fucking difference? And I tend to agree with them. I don't see why that's different. I'm like, it's just as debt. You can have shows set up restaurant style, and then you have one more person on stage that's behind glass, like behind for plastic. Sure. We'll like make all the. Cellar. That's that's what it was. It was we'll make any necessary changes. We'll adapt to the safety rules however way, but just the fact that you're going to open up indoor dining and not include comedy clubs in that is ridiculous because these are people's lives and uh, these are their jobs. And yeah, because d- during the week, New York Comedy Club, like they had these weekday shows and when they were coming up where it's like they'd have like right now they're, they're half their 25% capacity would be like 16 people or something like that. They had that already. It was like that already. So it would be that a little bit more spread out. It's like, yeah, that's doable. At least it lets them stay in business. So, and they're, and they're good people. So it's like, for the sake of these comedy clubs that we work and we, and it's not even just that it's more at this point for comics. It's like, not that it's negligible, but like spot pay. If you weren't hosting, like hosting pay, uh, I was doing enough of it where that actually makes a dent. Right. But like spot pay for most comics is like, just to go to and fro from spots and then walking around money, walking around money. So the really why comics would want this is to be able to get up, but also for the sake of the people they've gotten to know that own the businesses and want to keep them open. Like yeah. you're like, they're not like, like, believe me, there's scumbags in comedy. We're not talking about them. Fuck them. Right, Who right. cares? Like, but we're talking about the clubs that have been doing well and have the right idea and like, and, and, are, and actually have a pure reason for they want to just, be able to produce shows Absolutely, and be able to run man. their business as, you know, as naturally as possible. So whatever, you know, that's that kind of thing. Yeah. Let's get back to work. And uh, if you want to talk about, you know, uh, New York being dead, if you're not going to, if some of these comedy clubs close permanently, that's going to add to it. So 
Let's rally and uh, do what you can. Write a letter, call your state senator, call Cuomo's office or whatever, if you're so inclined, and just uh, tell them we need the comedy clubs to be included on the indoor dining because that's really all it is. It's not a safety issue anymore if they if everybody does it right. And it's yeah. not a special dispensation. It's not, it's not exactly. you know, it's, it's, it's just the same as everybody else is getting right now. And, like, every, and it can only be beneficial, of course, if everybody follows the rules. You're going to put people back to work. You're going to put the entertainment and arts industry back to work. Restaurants are going to be back. You don't, it goes down the chain of the cooks in the kitchen to the comedians, to the managers, the rest of the waiters, the waitresses. It affects a lot of people. So it can yeah. only be good. You know? Yeah, so Dimwit Nation, if you want to see, <laughs> I, 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 I'm never going to not say Dimwit Nation. I think it's so funny to say. If you want to see your boys Dutch and the Cool Breeze on the stage again on a regular <laughs> basis, you got to yes. just tweet about it and say, Dimwit Nation, well, like, let's, I'll, we'll make, I want to make, I want to make a, uh, I'll, I'll tweet out on the, on the, the DYM podcast Twitter. A, a a template of a tweet that you can either copy and paste or you can just retweet the tweet. Uh, Mr. Mr. Cuomo, Dimwit Nation implores you, please open up the comedy clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I want to add, like, gentlemen, I, I implore you. The Twitter version of the end of Miracle on 34th Street, just with the bags. This <laughs> 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 is the bags of the bags of tweets coming in to say you're the real Chris Kringle. Oh, um, that is funny. Uh, um, you, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's all I'm waiting for. And I'm trying to do, I've been trying to do little odd jobs here and there. I'm trying to sell. Also, oh, I should do this. I I, I have, I, I, I got download cards for my first album that I never sold out of because I was always ooh. too shy to sell merch. I have a bunch of them left. Listen, this is actually for real. Like, I'm really going to do the tweet. We're really going to tweet at Cuomo. And I want, yeah. but, but if you listen to the podcast and you, and you want to help me out and you want, you can, you can always buy my album on iTunes, but even better than that, uh, uh, Venmo me ten bucks and send me your address on the messages, and I will mail you right out. Uh, it's actually kind of cool. It's a little a little download card. Uh, it's got the album cover on it. Instead of a CD, you just use the code. You download it on the computer, but it helps me out in, uh, in, in a trying sure. time. And uh, it'll, it's fun to get a little piece of you know you get a little Sean Donnelly face, and you're you know every that's what everybody wants, and that's what every. Every comedy fan wants a little t- Sean Dunn. <laughs> Everybody wants these little Dutch in their life. <laughs> uh, so, Andy, so you watched something. I, I, what was it? Because I said to Andy before we started, I said, maybe it was the same thing I watched. He's like, oh, I don't think Absolutely. I, I would be amazed if we had this sort of coincidence because I took a deep dive. But before I get to that, it, what, this is something I watched. Um, I was in my hotel room this weekend, and my mind just kind of works like this in some ways. Um, I somehow realized using the info button, um, in the guide on my TV in my hotel room that the apology with James Spader episode of Seinfeld yeah. is season nine, episode nine, and the apology is step nine. Wait, what? Isn't that Hold crazy? On. Is that on purpose? I don't know. That's what I wanted to ask you about. I go, do you, do you think they they knew that, or is that just an insane coincidence? I I I really don't know. I'm I'm kind of. I truly don't right know now. either. I would say it's a coincidence because I don't I, see them. But you know what though? <laughs> but here's the thing: show creators, people on shows, 
they're more in tune with the episode numbers and seasons than, exactly. than people who watch it religiously are. Because you like, like some guys know them in and out, but I'm like, I, I just watch the shows and don't. I'm not, I'm not paying attention. Right, right, right. So if they were, if they, while they were designing when they were what they were going to shoot when, maybe there was a little a little nod to it with like, let's just make it episode nine. It's that I nine. know. Like, they're so they're smart enough where I could just see them doing that. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. That's exactly what I thought. But I just I I, I, can, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't call you right away. I did because I wanted to save it for the show. But I wrote it down immediately because it blew my mind. I was doing somersaults in my hotel room when I made this realization. Wow, that's a biggie. <laughs> Step nine is episode nine and season nine. Is that season nine what that episode is? It's season nine, episode nine. I actually think it's a great episode. James Spader. Great uh, episode. James Spader. Oh, my God. He, it's well, amazing. Well, the greatest thing about that, well, one of my favorite parts, little little tidbits of the episode is when, when George comes in. Uh, to to ask him about the sweater with the with the you know your rather bulbous head and inside my cashmere sweater. <laughs> You're rather. Bulbous. He comes into the thing with him and his friends. Spader and his friends are talking beforehand. Do you remember what they're saying? No. In passing, not in passing, but just as an aside, just to his friend, he goes, "Yeah, but I was thinking to myself, do I really want to work in ice cream?" And then oh, later yeah. on, <laughs> like it's it's on purpose that it's in there. It's not supposed to sure. be an uh, Easter egg or something. But it's so funny to me because then later on, he's working at basketball. <laughs> Where's that rum raisin? <laughs> he's like, get out of here, say. <laughs> wow, that is. I honestly, I honestly think that it. I'm gonna. Go, I, if I had to bet on it, I would say they did it on purpose. Now I'm thinking about it more and more, and I'm like, because they're they're they mapping out the season for what they're going to take. Yeah, and like, you know, Seinfeld never really had story arcs, so you can place episodes kind of wherever, wherever you want. Yeah, yeah. Season, but yeah, I just but thought that's running, a fun running, little numbers game. Running, running. Uh, um, they had story arcs throughout the season, but yeah, for that particular plot, that could be wherever, and you know. Right, right, right. Um, so I just oh, wow. thought that was kind That's of That's really great because I'm like, damn, I wonder if they did it. If anybody knows if they did that for sure, uh, tweet at us at the DYM podcast on Twitter or, or send us a message on Instagram at the DYM, uh, the DYM podcast on Instagram as well. I'm uh, looking at the uh, IMDB, Larry, David, and Jerry got the writing credit, Andy Ackerman, which is basically the three main uh, – no, because the uh, way I'm thinking of it is this: is one of two things I'm thinking that there's that, that when they're mapping these things out, that they would do that as a little funny thing. But there's so much more that goes into filming an episode, so you're not going to know if James Spader is definitely available for uh, the, when they're shooting episode nine. Right, right, there's right. so much stuff like oh, like like, like I think it, it could be either one. It really could be either one. Yeah. The set that that's the uh, the side story with where Kramer spends all the time in the shower and he starts cooking. Yes, with the, with the germaphobe. Germaphobe. Yes, with Suze. The Suze. The Suze. Suze. It's Susie. It's Susie. <laughs> it's got one of my. It's a very season nine episode. It's like they they're all a little cartoony at this point, but it's got one of my favorite throwaway lines when Kramer calls Putty and he goes, "Yeah, I just installed a. Yeah, uh, this is the best. Yeah." <laughs> what, what is that food disposal in my shower? He goes, what, you got a Clarkman? It's a misprint. <laughs> he gets a typo. What is it's that, a, a Clarkman? He knows. <laughs> he he knows. That's so, what is that, a Clarkman? <laughs> he was brilliant, man. But anyway, the movie that I watched, um, I watched last night, was called Teenage Badass. Wait, what? Is it on Netflix? It was on On Demand. 
and Teenage Badass is now yes. is it a feature length film? Yeah, hour thirty nine. Anybody big in there? Fiction. No one I really knew at which, all, which can be great. Yes. Um, basically, there's a nineteen uh, year old kid, and he is a drummer, and he gets involved with uh, these guys who are an already kind of established band. And um, it basically follows a band around. They, they get a shot to play on the local news. And then all their kind of their breaks start to becoming a reality here. And the band's lead singer, very egocentric, uh, goes along and like, then they, they might be losing everything because of his actions. I don't want to give too much away of the plot, but I loved it, man. It was really fun. It was really great. I love kind of uh, music band stuff like that. And the actors were great, and the music was original. This guy, Evan Ultra, plays the lead singer. He plays the main, not the main character, but he plays the singer in the film and also wrote and scored all the original music they do. And it was super ah. fun, super cool. Elsie Hewitt, it, oh, I fell in love with her, dude. She's a model actress from, oh, my God, she's great. Elsie Hewitt? She's Holy in this? Holy hell, Yeah. I don't even say, I'm, I'm like, oh, Kevin Corrigan's in it. Oh, Kevin Corrigan's in it, yeah. He was, he's the one guy I knew. He's great. I'm looking at the thing here. I'm going to look up Elsie Hewitt. Let's see. Oh, buddy, we're going to go down an Elsie Hewitt rabbit hole. Wow. We might not be able to pull ourselves out of it. Yeah, she's a knockout. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Holy crap. That's crazy. <laughs> she was born the year I graduated high school. Oh, awesome. <laughs> goodness gracious, Eloise. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but um, uh, that's pretty funny, cool. well acted, cool story, um, well written, enjoyable, enjoyable movie. I very much would recommend it. Then, now, let me ask you this. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot, when it comes to movies about bands and music, there's a, there's a whole bunch of them. There's a whole bunch of things that they can kind of pull inspiration from. Did you think it pulled inspiration from anything? Like, like the commitments or uh, like those, mm. like there's a few, like a few movies that have come out that I think that commitments was definitely a driving force or like, um, I don't even know. Like, I guess Sid and Nancy's not really a music movie. I don't even know. No, yeah. oh, like I'm almost famous type deal, but that's, that's kind of big, big name stuff. I mean like, but not even big name. I'm just saying that's a little bit, it's not all about just the band, you know? Right, right. This one, uh, I liked the angle they took because the 19-year-old kid is kind of the lead character. And so it's present day. pops into my head of like something musically that I could compare it to right away. It's but, present um, day? Yeah, present. No, 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 no. It doesn't take place. It takes place probably in like 2000, maybe five-ish because they have the old cell phones. They have like the old Nokia's. And yeah, that's interesting. Some of that stuff is a little dated, so it's probably about 15 years ago if I had to place it. Which would probably, which is kind of like a, I guess that's an easy thing to do because a lot of that stuff's probably available. Oh, sure, sure. I always wanted to get something based in like the 92 to 95 range, like write something. I always, I always have this, yeah. this idea where I, I used to hang out at this video store and I, it, it was from those years. It was like 92 to 95. And uh, when I was like a teenager, we play video games and I, I want to do something like set in that time. Basically it's like post oh, stranger, yeah. post Great. stranger things like, a, like about six years after stranger things. kind of thing. Right, 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 right. But it's I definitely, there's a I, difference. There's a huge difference. I do think you will start to see stuff from that time come out because now 
the people who are uh, adults now from that era, like us, are starting to make those kind of things. You know what I mean? Yes, right. So, yeah, and I think right. you are going to see more of that stuff. There was a is, show on Netflix that had that, and I watched it. It was awful, and it was based in that time period. And I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's also going to be later too. Like, um, and I think what's now separating things is pre 2008. I think you have like pre Obama, pre financial crisis, pre like yeah. like that's becoming and then when everything became went to shit was like kind of like Obama the years was like more repairing and it was a good a big deal because he was president but now people are thinking that's not why this movie was made I'm sure but I think don't you think now people are, like, are longing for the days pre-COVID pre-everything it's like they're just like oh my 100%. god I, I wish I could go back to 2004 that'd be exciting I know oh 2002 fresh fresh face cool breeze out of college again oh yeah <laughs> Let me ask you this. Would you get into stand-up again, do you think? Oh, wow, that's a huge – holy, that's a whole episode, Andy. What are you I doing? know, right? Uh, see, well, here, I'll, I'll give you wow, my answer. I, I'll, I'll tell I, you mine while you yeah, think about it. What's yours? I, I still think I would because I did – Wait, with, in, with the, hold on. With the knowledge you have now or without the knowledge? Uh, yeah, the I question. guess you have to – the question you doesn't to work if one. you don't have the knowledge. Have you already gone through stand-up? Yes. With, if it's without, then yeah, of course I would have. Of course, it, yeah. No, with, with the same knowledge. If it's with the way that I'm feeling right now, I think I would, I would, but I would attack it a different way. But that might produce right. a different result. Yeah, I would have done. I would have known what I was more, and I would have. I would have taken an improv class. I would have. Right. I would have produced more stuff. I would have like like sketches and stuff like that myself. Yeah, yeah. Not just because that's what it is now, just because you know whatever. But like, I mean. That's a hard. That's a really hard question. I, I, know. I So your answer is yes. You you would have done it. And yeah, what, because what was your I, well, because I stopped after my initial run. You know what I mean? I got on stage for the first time in two thousand one and did open mics in Philadelphia. And then I graduated college. I moved home and basically had a lot of gaps in between until about two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when I went in full time. Right. So I that knowing that I like I couldn't stay away to begin with. You know, it just kept drawing me, drawing yeah. me back in. Every time so, you think you're out, they pull you back in. Every time they think I'm out, they pull you back <laughs> So, yeah, I think I would still do it because I don't want to be corny and say it's like you got that, you know, desire and that burning thing inside you to do it. Like, I have to do this. But I do love it so much where I just don't think I would be able to stay away. My answer would be yes. Now that I think about it, my answer would be yes, I'd still do it. And here's but, I, thing. but there's a lot of there's a lot of shit that I think uh, comedy has affected my life in a lot. Like I think absolutely, it's respons- I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't know yeah. so many people, my best friends. And um, yeah. here's the other thing about me: like I have a career in radio. I could not do stand up comedy and be okay. Like it'd be fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that goes to show my life would be so much easier without stand up and everything that it brings on both sides, negatively and positively. You know. But I still do it because I love it, and I still love at the end of the day what it brings and, and you know enriches my life. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm in a little bit of a different situation, so that's why. Sure. I, yeah, obviously that's for me. Um, right. So when it comes to like it, like I think that I everything kind of everything kind of fell things kind of fell into place as I was doing it. Like whatever I was going to get in stand up was like you know not that it was fell not that it was like 
happen randomly. I, I think it happened with me working at it, but like where yeah. I'm at now and the position we're in now, uh, not that I wouldn't do it, but I would, I'd probably be more prepared for what was going to happen or try to be more prepared of for what's going to happen. Or, cause I, to be honest, the thing I wanted to do, I always love up. I honestly had the belief that I wouldn't be able to do it because I didn't have the guts to do it. That was me. That's oh. why I didn't start till I was 28. Yeah. 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 So I have like this thing of like, well, what I really wanted to do when I was younger and for it was, was direct movies. I was like, yeah, that was, yeah. that's the thing I was going to do. And then I just got, I got into that in college and in, in those classes. And I just, I couldn't be around that. It was like, I just, something really turned me off about that world and those people in, in it. Of course. And so I don't know, if it, but it might've just been me. It might've been me re- overreacting or something. And I should have just put my foot down and, and, and toughed it out, you know? So yeah, yeah, I would still do it, but I kind of like right now where we're at, it's like, I'm like, oh, I don't know what, because it's like, I don't know, man. I kind of, who knows what I ha- what happened if I with family wise and everything else if I if I didn't. So I, that, that's bigger questions like that too. Yeah, I could still be in the same spot I'm in now. Yeah, yeah. But comedy, uh, having having comedy as my main job has affected things in my life both positively and negatively. Sure, of course, a- absolutely. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Repa- I'm not. Rep- I wouldn't call it repairing friendships, but I'm rekindling friendships that I, for years, I didn't even bother with because I was like comedy, 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 comedy. I've, comedy. Uh, I've often thought about that because comedy does take you away from a lot of things. I'm lucky enough to have like a large group of college friends and a large group of friends from home that I grew up with that have been a constant. But I know people who get sucked into the comedy world, and that is their entire life. Like that's their identity. That's their friends. That's where what. I've that's always, pretty much what I had for years. Yeah, I think it's always been important, and I've made sure to do this to kind of take a night or two off, go be without yeah. comedian friends. Like, I didn't go, do that for a long time. Yeah, I think that's. Well, important. Wait, but the thing about right, it is, very like, inside baseball. But that happens to people where if that goes away, it's like I'm worried about some people in this quarantine and COVID without the kind of constant that comedy brings. It's like, are you going to be okay? Please don't kill yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. when you, when you, when you're working in it, it, it you, I, I think I had it like, I can't not, if I'm offered a spot or I pick up a spot here, I, I'm getting paid. I can't turn it down. Like it was like that kind of thing. You have a little bit more of an advantage, a little bit more of an advantage. Cause you can, you could have been like, Oh, I'll take a couple nights off. That's fine. But the position I was in was like, oh, well, I better go and do it because I'm going to be missing out if I don't. Like, and I, yeah. like on on money, on on getting better, on whatever, and then it'll just lead to that next thing, which it, which it did. I'm I'm glad how things worked out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's a longer conversation to have, even I than know, we just course, did. Course. <laughs> but uh, on, a, on a lighter note, we uh, get to hang out on Sunday. Uh, when I got back, we had Mark Norman little birthday party. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, down Comedy Cellar, very fun. A couple of Chardonnays. Uh, <laughs> how about a uh, Remy Martin? <laughs> <laughs> good yeah, to see good the whole time. gang. Everybody seems healthy and safe, and it's just fun to sit there in this weather right now. It's nice to just – this is where I'm a little worried because it's so great right now. And it's so beautiful. We can still do these outdoor shows. And then another month, uh, it's that I have a – I don't know, man. I hope the indoor thing happens because not only has it been fun hanging out with people outside and doing outside shows, they're not the greatest shows, but you're still getting the reps in, which has been huge for me. Um, B, uh, 
I think the mental level where people are going, this feels good and normal again. Once we get into those colder months and people are going to be locked down, I'm worried for what people's mental states and what that can do. So I'm really hoping, A, the indoor thing happens and we can maintain it because that'll be huge, not just for a performer job level, but for mental levels, getting out and seeing people. Like if we had to do this in the winter for like the first few months of the lockdown, the quarantine, I don't know, man. I think it would have been bad because you remember when people first got out when it was like spring and then summer hit, it was like rejuvenation. And I I literally felt like my energy and my mental mood shift when I was able to like just see people outside again. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping. That's why why when they talk about new normal, it's going to have to get into that. I'm all for. Yeah, you can't do a, a shutdown like they did when it was the. Oh. No, I just you know you hear things things about second waves and October is going to be really bad, which will probably happen. But then just just do the like do, do more like heavy heavy precautions then. But you're gonna the, the city's gonna be busted if you don't if you don't <laughs> let yeah. people conduct their business and then some people go to the restaurants and some people it's like you're gonna have to do something. Because it'll be insane. Yeah, I mean, it's, in the winter, it's gonna. Yeah, hopefully, it's gonna turn into the goddamn shining. If not, you know yeah, right, I mean? exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I uh, thought about. Yo, go ahead. What go did ahead. you watch? Oh, yeah. No, what you're gonna say? You thought about what? I had a topic to do, but I think it's a larger topic for another episode. Oh, you want to? You want to tease it? What is it? Uh, yeah, we can tease this. I was thinking about it the other day because I, again, in my hotel room, I caught Crash. Um, oh, Crash! Oh, well, that's the movie that uh, that Norton defended on the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, Crash with Matt Dillon. Oh, that was right? before my time. Yeah, before you got to, before you came onto the company, before you were a part of, <laughs> before uh, I was uh, DYM Enterprise. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you were watching Crash, and what happened? Oh, I, I. Would, I'm going to go back and listen because I would be interested to see how he defends it because I think it's a piece of shit. And it got me thinking a good topic for us would be the worst best picture winners, the worst films to win best picture. Oh, I we mean, could that go into yeah, abortion. We'll, maybe we'll do that next week. Yeah, it's not a great movie. I yeah. immediately can rattle like five off the top of my head. But, yeah, we'll, we'll save that. And Dimwit Nation, write in if, with your entries if you've got – uh, a pick for a film that is not deserving of the best. You know, because some people can make the you know near ninety two, baby. No, uh, I'm sorry, eighty nine. Goodfellas. Ninety, Goodfellas. I mean, but yeah. Dance of the, the Wolves. Wolves yeah. The first one I wrote down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's, what, that's, what, that's probably what the whole thing is based on. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you bring it up is based off that that was, robbery. That was the. That was the one I immediately thought of right after I saw Crash because I immediately went back and looked. Yeah, like, uh, there was a, and then I thought of. Personally, I just didn't like, and I mean, I have another one. I mean, you're like um, good. Goodfellas not winning was your own personal Lufthansa heist. I want to rob you in this one. Shower, was, <laughs> Kevin! Kevin! <laughs> Kevin Costner! Kevin Costner! <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, Scorsese got boned a few times, man. 
I mean, uh, oh, we had the theory. We've talked about that before. One of the, the movie that you don't like is what that that was the makeup. That was the that was the participation trophy yeah, for, Barton, for, for Martin Scorsese. But I mean, or and I love Ordinary People. I think it's a great movie. But for that to win over Raging Bolt, that's another bombing. Oh, I have a fact about the Departed. Yeah, now we're going down the rabbit hole. We should save it. But I will save it. But I have a fact about the Departed that I stole from a TikTok I watched from another podcast, some other movie podcast, and I was watching it. So I'm just going to save it. I forget yeah, the name. Yeah, what was it? I forget the name of the podcast, but uh, if you notice in the part, I never noticed this. One of the hosts picked up on this. Um, it starts off with when you first get introduced to Matt Damon, he's holding a bag of groceries. And at the end of the movie, when he gets killed, he's holding a bag of groceries. Ooh, I did not know that That's Easter egg. Definitely supposed to be like a linear film sure, thing. Sure. Where they're drawing a connection. Like it's even subliminal or it's, it doesn't have to even have a meaning. It just could be a it's like, you, you ever watch TV editing or film editing where, like, uh, um, they'll do things like the last shot of somebody in a scene is them just lighting a lighter and the next person in the next scene has a cigarette in their mouth. Like that, like that kind of thing where it just, yeah. just kind of moves together, you know? Yeah. So, all right, we'll save that uh, right in if you got some suggestions and we will uh, take your answers up for consideration. Um, but what did you watch, Sean? I, I was actually excited to watch this when I saw it on the um, – I, somebody told me about it and I asked and they kind of, I think, I don't know if it was you that gave me the vague, I think it was because they're trying not to let anything go. And, um, I don't know if you gave me the vague mini review of it because you, I don't know if you saw it or not. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. No, I heard okay. nothing but bad things about it. <laughs> um, I have not seen it. Well, I think it's, I guess you can, I, I, I don't know if I, I love Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, I, I'm not the biggest Kaufman fan. I like him a lot. Adaptation I love. So the, 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 the analogy I wanted to bring on, and it's, it's kind, of, kind of crazy. I don't know if this makes any sense. Okay, the same thing that he did with adaptation, that he did it with uh, Schenectady, New York, Schenectady, whatever it's called. I don't think that was a novel, but adaptation was a novel, and it was all based. It was <laughs> yeah, about just when I was in junior in high school, I drove by Schenectady and I was in a heavy ska phase and I always thought a fun band name was ska. Oh my God, dude. I don't, I don't think I can do the podcast with you anymore. I was 17. Give me a I don't care. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not even wrong. You're not wrong. Like they're there, all there, such terrible puns. With there the word should ska. be, there should be a ska nectity. Uh, there might've yeah, been. In I'm Schenectady. sure somebody had gotten there yeah, before yeah. I did. Um, anyway, so here's my my theory. Not my theory, but what I what I realized about what Charlie Kaufman's doing now is he's in full Charlie Kaufman mode. The same way that uh -huh. you can, you can say Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, it, it, the, the more these guys get a name to them, they're not making movies for everybody anymore. They're making making it for themselves more and more, which I appreciate. I actually think that's great. Uh, and the, what I would the, the example I would use when it comes to what he did with um, I'm thinking of anything is Wes Anderson. Uh, I talk about all the time how 
the less that Wes Anderson was involved with Owen Wilson and the more famous he gets, he, or the more he gets into his career, it just becomes like these, it's almost like they're animated movies. They're just in his universe. There's, there's less and less like regular humor. It's more quirkiness. There's more, the set designs must get more and more involved. Like, like from right, Tenen, right. Tenen Bombs was the, le- was like the beginning of it. Well, Cause you had, Hey, it was, it was real world based, but it was like a little bit fantasy based. And then you have stuff like, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, which is like very fantasy based to me. Okay. So I think the same thing about Charlie Kaufman. So, Charlie Kaufman adaptation, even though the deviation he took from the adaptation, like when he did the adaptation, like it's mm-hmm. Charlie Kaufman, when he's doing these adaptations, he's, he's like, I'm going to run. And he, even in an interview I just read last night about it, he's like, yeah, I, I, it worked out with adaptation where I just took it and did exactly what I wanted to do with it. When people do adaptations, they're trying to keep things as true to the book as possible. Look at No Country for Old Men. That's pretty much on point with that book. So yeah. And it worked out great for that movie. So what he wanted to do with this was he he has elements of the book that are pretty straightforward, but it is a the way that he, uh, it, 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 you don't even know what's going on for the first hour and fifteen minutes. Of the movie. Like like you you're trying to figure out it was it's so odd and so weird that you're like what is going on and then you kind yeah, of yeah that's what I heard it was a and, very and ambiguous the whole, the whole point of the movie is that you're like he's like it's all there I'm not hiding anything from you I'm not surprising you at all and it's true he's not. But you're you're kind of getting it. That's why I would say I kind of missed the mark because it's it, it, if he is if he did have a direct vision with it, he's you're kind of getting it as he goes along. And then what I thought it was, and and then when I read an article and they're like spoilers ahead, and I was like, go for it. I want to figure out what's going on. But what I thought it was is is exactly what it what it what it was. Okay. So it's it's like this it's this. I'm not going to give anything away. I wouldn't say it's not worth checking out just because of the way he writes is so. It's like almost, it almost becomes the point of Mammonish because it's everything. It's yeah. so, but Mammonish with using pop Love culture reference, pop culture, uh, references. Like, it, like that's, that's what, that's what's going on in it. Like, there's a lot of him using already existing yeah. dialogue from things and text and names of things and artwork. And, and like, that's the whole point of it. If I'm not giving anything away by saying that, but just if you check it out, there's elements, the weird elements of it that I like, but overall, I wouldn't watch it again. Put it that way. And it's, All right. Yeah, I don't think I'd now watch it. Now let me ask you this. Yeah. Is, uh, we're going to have to start a whole new podcast called Now Let Me Ask You This. <laughs> uh, knowing that how I feel about Kaufman, would I like it or would I – do you think I – No, just, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't like it. Well, you don't yeah, like but Kaufman. But you don't think I would, I would like it even as a, I can appreciate that stuff. Or do you think it was just not going to be? Well, it depends. You, at, what do you think? What do you think of? Did you like Schenectady, New York? I Synod- don't think I, I didn't. I never saw Schenectady, New York. It's same kind of thing. Rich, it, 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 they're almost like plays. Like I think they're more. I think they're more plays yeah. than anything. They come off like plays, and they're so absurdist, and they're so out there. And it's I, so I mean, funny. Just, you know, one thing I, I realized is Jesse uh, Plemons. What's his name? Plemons, right? Yes. Dude, he's the like. I hate to do this. I don't want to be an asshole. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh uh, yeah, I can but see that's it. that's what you know. Uh, in Synecdoche, that's who's in that, and he's amazing in it. But that same type of that same type of personality, Jesse Plemons is, does a great and yeah, in, he was great. He's an even creepier vibe. He's, All right, it, I, I think I'll check it out. Watch it. You, I'm I'm curious to think. See what you think. Uh, All right. did, did you watch adaptation? Have you watched yeah. being, being John Malkovich? Yeah. And you like being John Malkovich? For the most part. I don't say they're, they're not like in my favorite genre of film. And like, 
the thing I about I them once, but I don't never. I, I like I watched Malkovich recently. The thing about the earlier scripts, like, that oh, yeah. his earlier scripts that got made to me, I almost I almost thought of him as like an M Night Shyamalan type, where it's like if you have a coffee movie, there's got to be some weird technology involved, or like you know what I love, you know me, <laughs> right, right, right. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, one of my favorite yeah. movies. So, yeah. Even though it has that little magical twist in it, it is a super real world based movie. That's kind of what the charm was. This is. Don't look for any reality in this movie. It's tinges of it because it has to be based on this novel. But the references to this novel are the only thing based in reality in this movie. Watch it because I want to see what you think. All right. I will watch it and uh, probably hate it. But (laughs) (laughs) two good wrecks there. I think they're far enough across the spectrum where these week's recommendations, you're going to find something you like. Um, uh, yeah, I also watched the trailer. I think I don't even know. I think it's out already for that Shia LaBeouf movie. The one he got apparently he got somebody was mentioning it to me. Shia LaBeouf got tattoos. He got real tattoos because he was in this movie, and now he just has the tattoos. <laughs> He's so fucking nuts. So it's called the uh, the, uh, the the tax collector, and it, and he plays he plays like a Mexican dude. So I don't know what I don't know what's gonna like, and even like he doesn't do like a handle. Can't like, wait for not, the internet outrage that, that said a Mexican guy should be playing a Mexican guy. It's gonna happen. It, it's not that he has. It's not like he plays it with a Mexican accent. He plays it with an, an L.A. Uh, barrio accent, but with no oh, tinge of Mex- like. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. He's just out of his mind. That guy. But um, speaking um, of Jesse Plemons, though, I believe a new season of Fargo comes out tomorrow or yesterday, if you're hearing this. With Chris Rock. Yeah, so we'll see. Not the greatest actor I've ever seen. No, way. he's not. And but the show has been i got to be honest. I, you know, I, I'm, I have nothing against Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock's a really funny comedian. Uh, I There's some article, I guess it was part of, it has been part of promotion for the new season coming out of, and they go, he just realized he had a nonverbal, um, uh, learning disability, and I was like, "Okay, Chris Rock." <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, really? Like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you're in your fifties. I'm like, I like sucks. Don't get me wrong. Like, hey, but really, Chris, what's the point of that coming out now? And it might have been a thing. Uh, yeah. where, it might have been a thing where he just mentioned it in an interview, and they put they went that went with that for the title because they thought they were breaking some kind of news. <laughs> right, right. But I was well, kind of like. It was a weird. I hope it's good. I uh, I loved all of the seasons. There, it's great TV and something new to watch. So, hopefully, this continues the uh, the streak. Um. Yeah, I'm sure it'll still be good. I'm sure it'll be good. He act, and the, to be honest, you can't really tell acting in a, in a commercial. It's, those are such big ensemble casts too that like hopefully, yeah. Yeah, hopefully one person can't ruin it. But. This is what the, this is the fourth season of that show. Season four, yeah. I've also been watching the George boys. Is in it, so high hopes there. Oh, he's great. Uh, yeah, I got. I'm a little behind on the boys now, so I've, I've built up one or two episodes behind. I, I I am up to episode three. And or I've seen episode three and it was just like it's a wire and I love it. <laughs> this show is nuts. It's and great. then I've been watching The Vow on HBO Go. Oh, okay. About right. that Nexium sex cult. I didn't realize how established the cult was. Nexium. Uh, Sexium. Yeah, that's like that's they should have called the documentary. I didn't know. Um, I love culty stuff, but I didn't know that was uh, about that. So maybe I'll check it out. Oh, watch it. Watch it. Yeah. All right, sir. Uh, all right, where can they check you out there, cool Breezio? Well, at the aforementioned conversation at Andy Fiore on all forms of social media and website addresses. And uh, we now have a show to plug, you and I. Um, 
We have a live stand-up show, I should say. You can we're we're, um, we're going to plug this every week because we want people to be there. Absolutely. Uh, so before that, yeah, check uh, uh, both of our shows out on SiriusXM. Uh, Shawnee has the Wednesday at 4 p.m. time slot, and I have the Thursday at 4 p.m. time slot. One is and, called Celebrate, and one is called The Raw Report. You try and figure out which one is which. <laughs> we'll let you guys guess that. Um, and then to follow you, uh, Shawnee time as well. But um, we have our good buddy, Soul Joe. And let's just say, as long as this conversation was heavily on comedians and comedy, let's uh, give a shout out to Soul Joe, who has really helped a lot of comics out yes. uh, throughout this quarantine by opening up a, a outdoor beach venue that's been, from all accounts, from our own experiences and other comedians, just great, man. And, a lifesaver. And, you know, I really, got, I'll so, tell you this, but it's made me... Like, stole, love comedy. Yeah. Like, it's maybe like, yeah. it was like that. We did a couple of gigs for him, and both, one of them had, I think one of them had 20 people. And yeah. it was in this, in, in, in this, uh, but I, that's, that's, you know, but then we, we both did his show, and then we did one that had more people. We did a couple of them, and both shows were amazing. Yeah, yeah. So thanks to, uh, Soul Joel Richardson, uh, and he is the, um, uh, the producer of the show we have coming Saturday, October 17th. It's going to be in, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this. Every time Shemong? Shemong. It's, it's it reminds me of Michael, Michael Jackson. Shemong. <laughs> Shemong. Uh, Shemong, uh, New Jersey. And I'm from New Jersey. I've never heard of that town. So uh, <laughs> hopefully we have it right. But uh, we'll get you more details uh, because it's still about a month away. Yes. Yeah. Although we're going to mention it every week. So if you're uh, you're a part of Dimit Nation, you'll wow. come and say hello and, and yes. buy a ticket. Come on by. Say hello to us. We'll go social distance. Say hello to you. We, we do it every time. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll bring uh, uh, we'll bring somebody to we'll bring another fun person to open and it'll, it'll be a great time. It'll be fantastic. Uh, uh, but thank you so much, guys, for listening. And remember, uh, let's not forget this: the show itself has an Instagram. You can follow it. It's it's the at the DYM podcast on Instagram. It also has a Twitter. Follow that as well at the DYM podcast on Twitter. Follow, subscribe, rate, and review to the show. It really helps. Like we've been yeah. getting more a little more reviews lately, and it really really helps with our interaction. So, guys. Let us know what you want us to hear us talking about. We, like you said, we're doing like we're, we're doing movies and more now. So we're do, we're, we want to do we're going to start doing extra episodes where we do. Um, the announcement's be, coming. Don't worry, it's coming. It's coming. Forgotten. The defense episodes are still coming. The extra they might be part of a Patreon situation, but we're going to fill you guys in on that. So more content guys, essentially. Please, please, please contact us. Let us know you're listening. Let us know what you want. We love you for listening. We cannot thank you enough. And we'll see you next week, right, Andy? That's true, Shawnee. I will talk to you then, buddy. Okay, sounds good. Bye.